0: This week on It's So Bad, you are a guardian spirit. Your mission, save the spirit tree. We are playing this week ori and the blind forest on the podcast you can subscribe on itunes google Podcasts, spotify stitcher podbean wherever you get your podcast from follow us on the twitter the social media at it's so bad pod or it's so bad pod at gmail.com is the email address and yes this week ori and the blind forest we are adding to our endless list of games
1: yeah, you left you left people on kind of like a cliffhanger in that intro a little bit. You didn't say the name of the game after that. I mean, I assume they know if they're listening to this podcast because that's the title of this podcast. But <laughs>
0: yeah, I apologize. But we are adding it to our endless list, which is that will be our one hundred and nineteenth entry It goes from. Number one, Super Mario 64, all the way down to Home Alone for the Sega Genesis at number 118. We got to get on our asses and do some more bad games. I look at this list and it's like, I want to say it's more than 99%. uh, I know, maybe like 98, 96% if it's good. And the rest of it is... uh, mediocre to bad. Like there there's not a lot of mediocre or bad games on this list.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh it's a tough sell to sometimes force yourself to play a really bad game. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it can be a good thing to do. It's like let's just see how deep we can go on this and how bad this will get. Um I, but it's a fair I, point.
0: I am playing one with my wife right now. Um that so far we've gone an hour in. Um and we're going to be adding it to the list. It's a PS2 game. I won't mention what it is quite yet. Um, but that game is going to go in the bottom 10 (laughs) from what I've played so far. But we're
1: we're going to
0: carry it through, we're going to play it, and we're going to podcast about it.
1: Nice, nice. When's that coming out? Is that like a a next few weeks, or is this like a long-term project because it's a slow grind?
0: Probably a long-term project. I think it's like a 10-hour game, so we'll probably beat it in like 10 sittings.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, we'll look forward to that. Yeah, you're right, though. We like, yeah, bottom half or bottom whatever tier of this of this list is, is, I mean, there are some standouts. Let's not, let's not, you know, it is maybe weighted more towards the good games. But like, you got your Jurassic Park Trespasser, you got your Home Alones, you got your Kim- Fu's on there. Shaq Fu, you got your Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Um, there's, <laughs> I don't
0: even think that's necessarily that bad of a game. So <laughs> it's probably good at
1: what it does. Uh, it's yeah. just Kim. It's just called Kim Kardashian Hollywood, and yeah, right. That's <laughs> at one thirteen.
0: So, Steve, what is this game? What is Ori and the Blind Forest? By the way, it took me so long to figure out which one was which because there's the sequel, Will of the Wisp, and I never could figure. I never like had it in my brain. Which one was the first one, or which one was the second one?
1: That's uh, that, that actually happened to me, too. Every time I was Googling Ori and the Blind Forest, I was like, wait, is that the sequel, or is it the first one? Ori and the Blind Forest, Will of the Wisps. Blind Forest is first, okay. Um, yeah, this is a game that came out, uh, an Xbox game that came out in 2015, um, and it's a kind of adventure, platformer, Metroidvania-like game where you play as Ori, who is a, uh, a little sprightly uh, creature, kind of looks like a Bunny rabbit cat raccoon marsupial uh, type combination. I don't know. Looks
0: like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of right. Yep. Um, and it's a little kind of a kind of a Fern Gully type vibe to it, story wise. Um, you know, you're living in the little, little You know, you're living in this forest. There's this tree of life that uh, I believe you're related to, and you're you know adopted by these lovable. Um, these lovable forest creatures and then there's this calamity that happens and this big like surge of light goes through the forest and then you know the forest starts to die and this is like the prologue basically so uh you know your your family kind of withers away and you're orphaned and you go off on this adventure to restore life to the tree of life um and there's like this evil spirit tree spirit tree that's right not the not the tree of life that's different um (laughs) And yeah and then the, the like the bad guy in this is this giant owl named uh, Kuro I think um, yeah. and so you're kind of contending with this owl as you're trying to go around and gather all these different like energy sources to bring the the spirit tree back to life
0: yeah, so um, this is an interesting game. I've wanted to play it for since it came out. I remember I started it with a friend over at his house, and we never like went back to it after that night. Um, but it's like extremely gorgeous looking. Like the art is incredible. Um, but yeah, it's been on my list for for a while. I have been playing, working my way through some of the best Metroidvania's of all time over the course of the last five years or so. So I played Symphony of the Night. I played. Um, super metroid we played for the podcast as well symphony of the night um axiom verge i played steam world dig 2 uh castlevania circle of the moon bloodstained ritual of the night rogue legacy so i've been really trying to figure out what are the better metroidvanias and i'm really glad that we got the opportunity to play for this one on the podcast
1: yeah this was i played this pretty quickly or shortly after it came out i think either 2015 or 2016 and I have an association with Tim, kind of. I don't remember if he recommended this, but Tim of our podcast fame. Uh, I think he, in our video game book club, back when that was a thing that we did, he recommended, like, uh, what was that game? Like Stitch or something like that that was about. Oh, yeah. You know our Yarn. Yarn game. Yarn. Yeah. So I played that, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I haven't played a platformer in a while. And I kind of went, like, digging for other ones, and I, and I had heard some hype about this game. So I got it downloaded it on my xbox and uh played it and i think this is probably like the first metroidvania experience i had but i really i really liked it and i was like this is cool i i and i you know became familiar with the term metroidvania and i was like i need to go play some of these other games because i would heard people talk about metroid being cool and yeah. so this was kind of like me dipping my toes into the water and then since then i've played like Hollow Knight, which Hollow Knight like steals some some kind of mood and hits you in the feels, kind of withering forest aesthetics from this. And you know we've played Super Metroid and Cat- Symphony uh, of the Night, like you were saying too. So I'm a big I'm a big Metroidvania fan, and that's partially due to this game.
0: Yeah, and uh, that game that you were talking about, the yarn game, is Unravel. Um,
1: that's what it is, Unravel.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this game came out in March 2015, uh, same year as The Witcher Three. I know one of your personal faves. Oh,
1: love love The Witcher Three. Yeah, I mean 2015 was a good year
0: uh mgs5 came out that year rocket league came out bloodborne uh, uh one of our favorites rainbow six siege also came out in 2015
1: big year big year
0: yeah so pretty good year um this game came out originally for the xbox one even though it was first developed for the 360 they changed over to the xbox one when they were like delayed a year because i think it's supposed to come out in 2014 um but yeah, so and then it came out on PC, which was where I played it, and it's also available on Switch now, oddly enough, even though it's a Microsoft game. Microsoft Studios publishes game Moon Studios made it. Moon Studios is like uh, a guy from Blizzard, he was like Man, these games like Castle Crasher and Braid and Limbo, they seem like I could make those in my own studio. <laughs> so he created his own studio, Moon Studios. His name's Thomas Mahler. I believe he's from Austria. Chose the name Moon Studios because of uh, JFK's quote, We chose to go to the moon. Um, and it's uh, the, the studio, even back in 2015, before pandemic days, um, almost 100%, I think, remote. Um, so everybody who works at the studio is in various locations throughout the world, which is pretty cool.
1: That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It does. It's, it's it always struck me as interesting that Microsoft published this game and kind of spearheaded this game. But I feel like it it has a little bit to do with kind of like the Xbox Live, what is it, arcade that came out and like like the indie game craze that was kind of picking up some steam then. And then, you know, this is 2015, so this is a little past that, but like this obviously has a little extra Microsoft oomph behind it. But um, like, it's just, you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily think this is a game that would come out on Xbox, like to start with. Um, so I always yeah, thought that was cool as an Xbox console owner.
0: They had, like, that weird indie project where they... So this game was fully funded by Microsoft. A uh, studio is not owned by Microsoft, but they basically paid to make this game. Um, and in order to do that, I guess, uh, the Moon Studios uh, sold, or sold the IP for this game as well. So Microsoft owns Ori as a franchise. They just don't own the studio that makes it. Um, but, yeah, this is, like, the same time... I guess, like, they would be announcing when this game came out the uh, Cuphead, which is a similar th- type thing where they're funding that game
1: right, uh, right, for right.
0: release. But, yeah, they, they haven't done too many of those, I don't think. Um, but it is, it was definitely an interesting move from them to, like, pull indie games or, like, fund indie games at the time. That just wasn't a thing that happened. It's still not a thing that happens regularly.
1: Right, yeah. But it is, yeah, of all the studios or the all the, all the – you know, companies to do that, Microsoft versus like Sony or Nintendo. It was like, it always, it always kind of stood out even in 2015, like, wow, okay, this is an Xbox game. All right, that's cool. great. Right. Cause like now, I mean, obviously there was no Switch at the time, but like, this is like a shoe in Switch game. And when the new, uh, the sequel came out, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, it was only like, I think like a year, less than a year before it came out on Switch. It was shortly after I I played it, of course, it came out on Switch. I was like, damn it, I wish I would play this in handheld. Um, Yeah,
0: I bought this, I bought Ori uh, and the Blind Forest on the PC, like, a while ago, and I was like, damn, I I wish I played this on, I wish I had this on Switch, because there were, like, days when I was, like, upstairs with my son as he napped, uh, watching him, and I'm like, ah, man, I want to play this game. I don't want it to be on my PC.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I played Hollow Knight on my Switch, and it was, like, one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had, just, like, just i i finally remember those nights sitting on the couch like half watching something on tv just like plugging away at hollow night so i wish i had that for this too
0: yeah so um the gameplay designer david clark he he wrote that what was primarily the inspiration for this game was the rayman franchise and also metroid um i don't know have you ever played like Ray, the newer rayman games like rayman legends
1: no i've never played them i'm like Vaguely familiar with them, but never played.
0: It has. It's. Uh, it's not as pretty, but like how they do artwork in that is similar to Ori, and I could definitely see how they were drawing inspiration from there, as they have like big, colorful backgrounds that are super detailed with like stuff happening in the foreground, uh, which is a very cool aspect of this game when there's like uh action that happens in the foreground like right in your face and then in the background you're playing the game i always thought i thought that was like such a cool effect they had. this
1: oh yeah that's like a signature effect of these games like it'll be you know sometimes it's something very big and obvious like uh oh there's some big looming creature kind of stalking you in the shadows as you're going or like just like little things like little critters kind of scurrying around in the background as you're going um So yeah, it's a cool, it's a very cool effect. It like feels like it's like 2d, 3d kind of, uh, aesthetic a little bit. Like they, they capture like the depth a lot. So like, even like early in the game, you like land in an area and then like, you know, there's the foreground and the typical 2d Metroidvania environment. And then like in the background, there's the, the spirit tree, like coming to life and like animations going up to it and everything. So they, they, that effect is very cool. And also,
0: um, they, the, the, Thomas Mahler, who was the director behind this game, noted that I guess all of the backgrounds are all like hand drawn and there is no assets that are reused through the game. So if you have like a background with like a mushroom, it's unique to that one mushroom you're seeing. There's nothing else happening. You you don't see that again in the game. Yeah. So that's it's all like hand detail stuff, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, you can just tell that, like, the artwork, like, a lot of, a lot of love went into it in in making this game. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's lots of really, really pretty, you know, Metroidvania-style games, but, like, this one stands out in its art style. It's, like, got, like, a neon, kind of very colorful purples and greens and yeah. oranges. Like, it, it looks beautiful.
0: It definitely seems like it's uh, influenced by Heo Miz- Miyazaki, the guy uh, for Studio Ghibli, and um, Oh, yeah, definitely. It, like, 100% feels like that, that like color and touchstone and that style of uh, artwork. It's very cool. Designers also mentioned that they were inspired for the story by uh, the Iron Giant as well as Lion King.
1: Are you familiar with the Iron Giant? I am very familiar with the Iron Giant. I love me some Iron Giant. Yeah, and, of course, and of course, the for Lion King. Yeah.
0: Yes. Everybody
1: knows Lion King. Yeah. But
0: yeah, I mean there's there's similar stories just taking bits and pieces from those stories and making
1: your own story. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, it's it's yeah, and and to your point about like Miyazaki, like it definitely has, I mean, this is a western game, but uh it definitely has like kind of like a Japanese or or Eastern kind of flavor to it. Like not specifically because this is a fantasy story and everything, but like some of the names, some of the like yeah. themes, the like the reverence for nature, like the spirit energy and everything. Like you, you get a little bit of that influence. So you could tell that they're big fans of of those types of movies and stories.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's a Metroidvania. Typically, when people say Metroidvania, I think what they mean is that um, you know uh, typically it's two D. I think you can have a three D metroidvania typically 2d but um the big thing is that it's like big open maps where uh sections are gated off by abilities i think that's like the defining feature of a metroidvania
1: yeah i would agree with that that's kind of the core the nugget of it
0: yeah, and so you get these different abilities. You you have your uh, t- standard attack, which is, I think, called the f- Spirit Flame, but then you, you start off with a wall jump where you can kind of stick to the wall and jump off of it, and then you get things like a Charge Flame that can break barriers. You get a double jump and a, a, a stomp, as well as, like, a floaty leaf thing, which is pretty cool. But I think the, the coolest uh, ability that I thought that was super interesting how they used it in this game was the Bash ability.
1: Oh, really interesting.
0: So the Uh, one, so the bash ability is like you can uh, target a projectile and pick which direction you go off into and then the projectile or the enemy, if you're targeting it, goes off in the opposite direction. Yes, yes. Sorry,
1: I thought you were thinking of, you were talking about like the ground slam ability. Uh, Oh, no, that's pretty basic. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's the stomp. bash bash and stomp yeah yeah descriptive (laughs) right
1: right yeah yeah i mean i've played this game and, and the other one i forgot that it was called bash no that's definitely the the coolest ability it's like yeah different like um like let's say like a flower with like a little glowy tip is hanging down you can like jump towards it and then you like kind of lock onto it and y- your enemy or you your your body pauses for a second and then you can kind of like fling yourself off of it using your energy and if there's like an enemy that shoots a projectile at you you can do the same thing and shoot the projectile back at the enemy and i think you can if like an enemy jumps at you sometimes you can do that too to the enemy, yeah absolutely right yeah 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 yep. Um, There's
0: parts of the game you need to progress by doing that. So
1: yeah, you'll string together. Like I think the the platforming is is one of the real strengths of this game for me. Like it, it feels very fluid and you feel very acrobatic. So like a lot of times you'll be like, you'll have to do a section where you have to run and you got to jump and you double jump and then you like run up a wall and then you do like you know a charge jump and then you use this like this this um, was it bash ability to. There'll be like four or five things that like you know be like an enemy shooting a projectile and then one of those flowers that are hanging off and then like another enemy up top and you have to like kind of perfectly time using bash to like finish off your run to get up to some area or something and you just yeah it feels very when you nail that it feels very seamless you're like flipping around and bouncing off of stuff and shooting different projectiles in different ways and you feel very acrobatic
0: you, uh, it's, it's funny cause like they really make you string together a lot of these and it also allows for a lot more creativity and how you, how you do movement. If you can think that much, cause like you have the ability to jump wall, jump, double jump and then you have the floaty feather that you have to press the button to take off you have the ability to climb up walls eventually Um, you have the ability to like do like a slingshot off of projectiles and enemies and they like string all these abilities for you to use together in really cool ways in this game so the platforming's cool at the same time I'm like sometimes my brain would be like "Uh, I don't remember which to use here or there and it just took a while for me to figure it out.
1: Yeah, sometimes I mean this the this game borders on the uh, challenging side every once in a while and yeah, be, being being able to figure out like the combo of moves you need to do to get through different areas when there's like platforms and enemies and all sorts of things spikes popping up and like you're like how do I how do I thread this needle? Like this is tough. Um, yeah, and I'll
0: also say, too, I played this game primarily using a D-pad, and if you use a D-pad with the, the bash ability, it's really hard to get it just right. Oh, um, man. Yeah, I can't even imagine
1: trying to do that. That's that's That was bold.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's one thing I'll say that, negative about that. I also will say, too, when they introduce abilities, there are moments where... You you get the ability and then like instantly they make you do like the hardest shit. So they're like instead of because typically gameplay wise, when you get a new ability, they like give you a pretty easy challenge at first so that you get used to it. But they just throw you right in the fucking frying pan, especially when you get like the charge jump at the end, and which is basically like if you're on a wall or if you're on the ground, you can like jump super high if you hold down the button um but like when they introduce that you have to go through like the tightest spike gap and then there's like a kuro feather you have to like glide down immediately and then you have to bash off something and it's like holy fuck dude i just got this ability and you're making me to do all this shit together so sometimes that's that's a little tough
1: yeah, definitely. You'll get, like, a combat ability and then, like, get rushed by, like, some new enemy right away. Like, five of them will come at you, and you're like, whoa, 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 what do I do here? And just, yeah, like, they throw you right in the deep end.
0: Yeah, it's it's very strange that way. Um, yeah, there and then there's, like, there's gimmicks they throw at you occasionally. So some of the levels will – it's very Nintendo-y in that way, like a Mario game, some of the – when you go inside of some of these like dungeon type areas, uh, like there's one where you are you have to walk on the ground, and when there's a curve, you like change how you're walking so you can walk vertically, kind of like Mario Galaxy, and then you could walk you know, hanging upside down because uh, the gravity changes in, in that area. Right, right, right. There's an area with portals. Um, and those areas, too, uh, well, the portal area wasn't that bad, but some of the later areas, they, like, again, they just throw you right in the fucking fire. And it's like, hey, here's this new mechanic we're introducing. Hope you ho- hope you like dying 15 times. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. It's like, get ready to figure this one out and spend an hour and a half trying to get through this, this dungeon. Um, yeah, the portals can be tough because you, like, go in one end. And a lot of this is, like, momentum, too, Because it's like so much of it is like you flipping through the air and jumping, stringing moves together. So like the portals, you'll like have to jump into a portal and then it like shoots you up from the ground level, like up out of it. So you'll have to like find higher ground and like, you know, achieve more speed as you go through the portal. And then you have to like come out the other side and you go up high enough and then you have to like do some sort of combination of flips to land somewhere and yeah those are those are tough ones
0: yeah and i definitely i think i cheese some sections too because like they give you so many abilities that there's like clearly one way they want you to do it but you're like nah i'm gonna i'm gonna do this just my own way because <laughs> this is easier yeah um, it's, so it's, it's cool have...
1: that they give you that creativity and freedom to to mess around a little bit even though there's an yeah. intended way
0: yeah um, the cool, I think the coolest moments in this game, and also some of the most frustrating for me, were the escape sections. So I think for each of the three like dungeon areas—the wind, the water, and the fire—at um, the end of it, there's like a s- extended sections that are typically like a minute of platforming long, and you're like racing out of a of a tree that's being filled with water, and the water is coming up behind you, or like you have to float down on this like uh, w- wavy thing that's good that you have to like really twitchy make decisions and then there's you know the the escape from the bird as well the owl um, but those sections were really cool a lot of shit happening like backgrounds changing platforms changing um almost reminded me of do you know what a kaizo mario game is no i don't so they, so they have, there's this community of people who make ridiculously hard Super Mario Worlds uh, ROM hacks, which is like their own games. Um, and so those games, they're so ridiculously difficult that there's one intended way for you to do the button inputs, and it's like... These levels will go on for like a minute of people doing the exact precise button pushes. And like some of these sections, I was like, holy shit, they want you to do like a frame perfect jump here uh, to get around this rock or like do something really, really, really like only one way for you to absolutely do it for you to get through here. So I thought those sections were really fucking hard and I was surprised how hard they were
1: yeah this is not a game you would look at and be like this game's gonna be like this game might kick my ass sometimes like you look at it and it's like oh these pretty like colors and this little cute little guy who's being hugged by this other bigger cute guy on the cover art and there's a nice tree in the background and then meanwhile they're like throwing you through like the toughest gauntlets of you know basically the escape sequence from for metroid and super metroid at the end but it's oh it's
0: it's way harder than that. yeah
1: harder than that longer than that there's no checkpoint in the middle of it so you have to like you have to nail these sections though m- you might like get through two thirds of it no problem and then there'll be like one section where there's like flaming fireballs coming at you and you're like i don't know what to do I don't know, how do i do this and then if you mess up you gotta start all over again um, yeah and th- and- those are basically the boss fights of this game
0: yeah because there's no- not really boss fights there's like mini boss fights but there's no real boss fights in this game right
1: Right, yeah, there might be, like, a boss that you encounter, but they'll, like, trigger some, you know, sequence of events, and that's why you're trying to escape from the water or the fire or whatever, and then, like you know, like the bird Kuro will be like following you sometimes and like swiping at you as you're trying to escape. But you're what you're really doing is trying to string together this perfect escape, you know, acrobatic flipping around as like the fire rises behind you.
0: Oh, I forgot about that section with Kuro where you have to hide behind objects and Kuro's in the Mm -hmm. background. And if you take too long out of the objects, Kuro like comes and swoops and kills you immediately. Those that section was super tense. That section was very good.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. It's like a little bit of a stealth element to it. You're like, and it's like, you know, like Kuro's like looking at, has like some sort of pattern of movement, classic stealth game. It's like, okay, he's looking over here and he's looking over there. And you have like exactly three seconds to jump from where you are, hit this flip, use your bash ability to get up, and then land in the safe spot that's covered again before he turns around. Yeah.
0: Good game. Good game. I was good I game. was you know I, I what's funny part is like I played this off and on for like 3 weeks and then um on this past when was it? Was it yeah, it was Sunday of this week, so like a couple of days ago, I was like, "I'm gonna beat this game tonight." So I just sat down at seven o'clock and I played it until eleven thirty, and I beat the game. And I'd, I haven't had like a session like that in a very long time, and it was very satisfying to beat it, especially because that final escape from Crow took me like thirty five tries to beat.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Yes, I am a god" when you finally do it.
0: It made me feel that 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 game, those escape sections are like what. All of Celeste's.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. C-
0: have you played Celeste?
1: I played yeah about half of Celeste and I put it down. I st- when the pandemic started, I was you know I had come off of Hollow Knight and I was looking for more. Or we and we had played Shovel Knight too, so I was looking for more good games for the Switch. So I played that for a while plus a bunch of other ones and I just kind of I guess kind of fell off of it. I really liked yeah. it. There wasn't any particular reason. I really liked it. I'll probably pick it it's up like- again.
0: One of my favorite platformers, but there are some sections in that game that are like tough as nails, like super fucking hard. There's one section, especially um, in like the middle of the game, where you're being chased and the, it, you have to be so precise with it, and it feels so get, good to get through a screen. Uh, that game, that game is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, and, I,
1: and this this game also like like to like what you were saying like being chased like a lot of times this game doesn't give you like oh it's like oh it's a nice platformer you can take your time figuring it out. It's like a lot of times it forces you to like be super twitchy and like decisive. Be like oh god, I got to like if I'm going to do this, I need to be like precise and hit all of these spe- like different moves and land perfectly in like 2 seconds. Like you can't take your time all the time in the game. So, that just adds to the difficulty.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really like this game. Um, I think it was you know, I th- I think w- after I beat it, I was like, some of this is kind of bullshit, and I don't really like the some of the the design elements. For example, like one thing I got uh, upset about. So like on the escape things, like it, it those escape sections are so long, and having to do the whole thing over again, especially when they are moving platforms on you that just kind of appear, or like the background falls apart. Um, so I was like, this is kind of bullshit. But looking back on it in a couple of days, I I really enjoyed playing that game. Um. Because I think I was being too critical at the time when I was playing it.
1: Yeah, it can be frust- yeah. it can be frustrating in the moment for sure. And like I mean, right. yeah, if we want to like kind of nitpick on this game a little bit, as beautiful as the environments are, sometimes sometimes you, like Ori gets lost in them too so you're like right hey, yeah flip a, flipping definitely. around flipping around doing stuff and there's like enemies and you're like wait, wait, wait where, where'd my guy go and then you die and you're like oh just like there's so there's such like vivid colors and lights and textures and backgrounds and it's just like Ori is this little like glowing white light that kind of gets lost in all the other glowing white lights um,
0: yeah There were some areas, too, where, like, the foreground would interrupt, like, combat or platforming. So especially in the swamp area, uh, there were definitely some moments where I was like, what the fuck is happening? What is hitting my guy? Because there's an enemy behind this, like, foreground who's, like, dropping, like, mines or something on me. And I just could not figure out what was hitting me because their fucking foreground was in front of me.
1: Right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and then and like to talk about the combat too. Like the combat was not my favorite part of this game because they Yeah, it's
0: very it's very simple and they don't give you any upgrades really. Yeah. They give you that bomb thing and the projectile and that's about it.
1: Yeah, and it's like the projectile is like so you have you save like the spirit of the forest names like Sen or whatever, scene Sin, Sin yeah. however you pronounce it. And um, he's like this little he's like uh you know, he's like um what's what's her name from from Zelda? Um Navi. Like a little yeah. glowing light next to you. And so your, your main attack is that, you know, this light will shoot like bolts of uh, tracking energy out. So you have like a homing attack on enemies that come at you. And you would think that there might be like some sort of melee attack or something. And that's what they add to the second game. They take away that, that like tracking, homing target uh, blast weapon. And you oh. have all these other weapons. So you have like a, a slash and a spear and a bomb and a big hammer and stuff. So they, they overhaul that in the next games. So the combat's much more fun there. Um but That's in this good. one in this one it's a little bit like just button mashy, like okay, I'm just gonna hit this button three times and the enemy will explode. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, some of the enemy design too was there were just like a lot of blobby type things. Right. (laughs) Which is like, we're just going to put a blob of thing here. Um, Right. Right.
1: It's like the forest animals or whatever that you're fighting.
0: Yeah. And like, and especially it was weird because they had some really cool ones. Like the guy who jumped and slammed, he has an incredible animation. And I think like the spider even has a pretty good animation, but there's just not a lot of enemies. And it's and some of the enemies are just very basic.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's even true of the next game too. It's like, after a while it's like, okay, I've fought the same, you know, eight, eight or nine enemies over and over and over again. Like, this is not a challenge anymore the same way it is. And I think that's just, like, it's much more about the platforming and the exploration than it is necessarily about the combat, even though they do a good job overhauling the the melee abilities and such in the next game.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the other things that kind of drove me nuts, uh, especially in the first couple hours, was the whole system where you create your own save point uh, instead of like having like save points that you just go to. Oh, I'd yes. I'd just completely forget about to make a save and then I'd end up playing for like 20 minutes, die and go back to the first save and I'd be like, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, it's like an ability, basically. Like you have like a resource that you need to use to make a save spot, and it's on you to save. I think they changed that in the second game too. I think that there are like distinct areas that you go to to save. Um, so that's a yeah. little bit more Castlevania, classic Metroid.
0: Right. I would say also too, uh, this is kind of like a quasi Metroidvania. It's like a Metroidvania light because it's very. There's not a lot of backtracking, and there's not a lot of like uh, exceptionally freedomy movement it's like very linear down these paths to get from one area to another like when you get into a dungeon it's basically like one straight line through the dungeon where there's no side paths really
1: yeah that's that's true for the most part um i think that they open that up a little bit in the next game too but even then it's like you know you have this big expansive map you need to go to all these different places there's different paths you can take shortcuts that'll open up and you know you need different abilities to get to certain areas that you'll see earlier on but you always have pretty good sense of where you need to go and once you get there it's there's more or less a straight path or maybe only a couple of straight paths to where you need to go um yeah so definitely quasi quasi uh, metroidvanias right
0: So we've talked about this game a lot. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we get into our ranking of this game?
1: Yeah, this game's a tearjerker. It hits you. Oh yeah. It hits you right in the feels a lot of the time, like right off the bat too. Like, it, you know this isn't really a spoiler because it happens like in the first couple of minutes of the game but like you are orphaned in the beginning of this game like twice <laughs> it's like you have this nice family setup oh the forest so beautiful ori and her mom and like this is great and then like her mom dies and she's orphaned and like this horrible you know adventure unfolds in front of you where like the forest is dying and then at the end too um you know you get like a lot of a lot of characters that maybe had questionable motives or revealed to be good and, you know, not everything's as, as simple as it seems in terms of who's the good guys and the bad guys are. And like, there's a lot of like the power of love going on there too. So there's a couple of times where I'm, I'd play this game and I'd be like, I'm not crying. I'm not, I'm not getting choked up.
0: Yeah, it is a tearjerker. I would say the one thing that tempered that at least for me was when they had like, sometimes they, they tell the story and, words uh, on the screen and they like twinkle it's supposed to be i think the spirit tree talking and they like fade away but the font they use is the microsoft font (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like what the fuck it took me out of the moment
1: it's true that's true that's funny that's microsoft reminding you hey hey we make these (laughs) types of games
0: we're here we're here we're doing this maybe you want
1: to maybe you want to upgrade to office 365 after this
0: but also, where does this go on our endless list? Our 119th entry, um, I forget. What did we play last week?
1: <laughs> it's a transistor, right?
0: Oh, yeah, we played transistor. We added a transistor at number, where was it, uh, 55. Um, this is another semi-indie game, although funded by Microsoft was a small studio. Um, you know, we have some comparisons here. Um, a good comparison would be Cuphead. Another good comparison would be Superhot. Um, Transistor, I think this game probably goes above Transistor as a floor. Um, but where do you think it goes within that that area?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of looking at that area, too. Um, Transistor, I mean, I haven't played Transistor, but, um, I, you know, looking at other games in the neighborhood, like, I think this is better than Space Invaders. Um I would say that I like this game more than Super Hot too, even though I'm a big Super Hot fan. I think that there's just more to this game too, and I I really, I mean, as a big Metroidvania now, fan now because of basically this game introducing me to it. I mean, I put a lot of stock in that and I think that, you know, the platforming feels really good even compared to other Metroidvania games, like it's a little, like it's it's kind of like the tightest, fastest, most acrobatic Metroidvania game that I've played, I think. So, I mean, compared to the second game too. Um the the both of them. So I think, I think that that raises the stock for it a lot for me. Um, I like the story. I like the art. The music is great the whole way through the soundtrack is, is really good. Um, so then, you know, I, I personally, I would put it over cuphead too. Um, but I'll pause there maybe and see if you think we're going much higher than that. Um, see,
0: I don't, I, so I, I would put it above cuphead, but I do, I think I like cuphead more than this game. Oddly enough. Cuphead,
1: I i mean, we talked about this in the early days of the podcast because we have a whole rule written around <laughs> this about how we have to wait five years to play a game first. Um, Cuphead's hard. Cuphead was really, really hard. So I liked it, but yeah. I never got that far in it. Um, yeah. I wonder i wonder if I went back and played it now if I'd be better at it because I feel like I've played more games that would allow me to beat it. But um, Dude, if I, if I
0: can beat it, you can beat it. No problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. yeah, maybe. I feel
1: like you're better at these types of games sometimes, but... Uh, yeah
0: I, I i that game was like beating that game was felt like an achievement like not a lot of other games feel like like you it is a hard game yes uh,
1: yes there were there was a one boss in particular i think that was like the carnival clown one that was like a roller coaster or something and i like knew, oh, yeah. i like conceptually knew what i need to do but i just could not get my fingers to do what i needed my brain to do like <laughs> just yeah. like okay i need to do that and i just after after like 60 tries i was like i'm out on this so yeah
0: yeah that game that game's good the game has great art style i should does, play that game again does have, yeah it does we should you know we uh, got to
1: re-review it at some point to to match the cuphead rule i think didn't we talk about yeah,
0: that maybe someday, <laughs> someday. we we'll run out of games to talk about someday but, I would put it at forty five and push Cuphead down. I think they're pretty pretty even.
1: That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. I mean, yeah, like if I were to look higher than that at games that I've played, like Mortal Kombat. I mean, I would probably say I like this more than Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat has a legacy. Um, Titanfall two, I probably like more. So you know, I think yeah. I think we've reached a good point for this game at forty five. Yeah, at 45.
0: yeah I, I definitely I think I like Titanfall more. There was just some really interesting things they did in that single player campaign and the multiplayer campaign adds, adds to it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then even just like thinking about this game too, like I like the sequel to this game more. Like I think it's like oh, okay. a big improvement over it. Like the, like I said, the combat's better. There's more to explore. There's more variety in moves and things like that. And it's a similar story setup, but like it carries on this story setup like in a really nice way. So in, in a way, having played the two, it kind of feels like they were trying some stuff out with this game and they they did a really good job at it and then they're like okay let's go nail it and then then they made the next game yeah Um, so i mean when we get to that game one day i would put that this game so yeah this feels good in four years (laughs) in four years in four
0: years (laughs) all right let's put it at number 45 let's we have a new number 45 on the endless list of video games our 119th entry congratulations to ori and the blind forest nice
1: good job ori good job. You flipped your way up to number 45. Do you know uh do you know what game we're doing next week? What game are we doing next week? I don't. I don't think I do. What are we doing? Well,
0: next next week we're doing one of Chris's favorite video games. We are doing um one of favorite favorite classic video games, I should say. We are doing uh Galaga. We're going to be adding that. Oh, yes. I next.
1: forgot that we were already on Galaga time. All right, sweet. I'm excited for that nice that man's playing Indeed. galaga what's what did you say i said that man's playing galaga that's uh, <laughs> that's that's iron man uh, from yeah. the avengers yeah. yes
0: yeah yeah all right well we will see you next week thank you so much steve thank you mike